Hello and welcome to Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. Well, good morning, Toastmasters everywhere and non-Toastmasters who might be listening to this. My name is Don Griffith, your podcast host. I'm in Tucson, Arizona, and I have the pleasure of being with Kathleen Pickrell. We're going to talk today about being a Toastmaster when you are afraid to be a Toastmaster. Welcome to the podcast, Kathleen. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. So you are a Toastmaster, correct? I am. I have been a Toastmaster, I believe... For since 2007, with a little gap in between, but definitely since 2007. And why did you join? Well, I actually, before I ever joined Toastmasters, I knew about it because my mom became a Toastmaster in Riverside, California, the Riverside Breakfast Club. And I saw her transform herself into a more confident speaker, just more confident in her own life. She had written her own book and actually used chapters from the book as speeches. And so over the years, I saw her begin to blossom and shine, which was great for her. I did not think that applied to me, however, because I was terrified to speak in public. I was terrified really to speak much at all. I was that kid in high school that would rather get an F on an assignment and then get up in front of the class and bring attention to myself. So that's my baseline. That changed for me, however. When I was finishing up my master's degree in social work and beginning to work at a cancer center in my chosen field, I had always wanted to be a medical social worker. I had a lot of illness in my life, and I knew the benefit of that help, that mental and emotional help that patients and families need when they are going through the medical system. It's very complex, and I knew the benefit of it. So that was my goal, and I was just about there. I had one little problem, though. I couldn't even attend a group meeting at work, and we would meet on a weekly basis, go around the room, and just give a little update. And all I had to say was something like, at this week's cancer support group, we have ex-guest speaker. That was all I had to say. You would think I was giving the Gettysburg Address somewhere. Driving to work, I had my hands on the steering wheel so tightly that I couldn't feel my hands when I let go. I was so nervous. I couldn't do it. And I knew I was going to have to run support groups, meet with patients. And so this was really getting in the way of my life's goal. So I knew what I needed to do, and I knew where I needed to go. I needed to go to Toastmasters. So (laughs) I took a deep breath just like that, and I went to my first meeting. Now, what, what group did you go to? What club? It was Granada Toastmasters. And they were so lovely, warm, welcoming. And I was still terrified. I did not speak. I would not do table topics. And I did not join them, even though I went weekly, for I'd say two months. Because I knew the minute I joined, I would be doing table topics. And I was just terrified. 
But I kept coming back every week because the people were so warm and friendly. And I knew this was the place, if I was ever going to make a change, this was the place I needed to do it. So when you were, you were presented, confronted with the prospect of doing a table topic, for those of uh, our listeners who are non-Toastmasters, what is a table topic and why is it so terrifying? A table topic is where you are invited to the front of the room to give an impromptu talk for one to two minutes on a question that you don't know ahead of time, obviously. And that thought just terrified me because, number one, I had to get up in front of the room, which was probably the most terrifying part. And then I had to talk about something that I didn't know ahead of time, so I couldn't prepare, and I felt like I would, feel, I would look foolish. What I have learned over the years, however, is that table topics is so important in our daily life because we are always presented with questions, opportunities to talk for just a couple of minutes on something that kind of came out of the blue, our opinion on something, what we think at a meeting. It is vital that we have this skill in the business world these days. Sure. Every, every phone call that you get is by definition a table topic, perhaps. You don't know what the caller needs or wants. Interestingly, the, interesting that you say that because I used to be terrified to make phone calls, terrified. And after doing table topics for a while, I can make any phone call and it has been so helpful. When you go and you try it and then you get better, how long did it take you to get comfortable, not necessarily proficient, but at least comfortable with getting up in front of the group during those, those quick moments? I think just being willing to do it, it did not take that long after I, I was willing to step into that fear and do it anyway, which is one of my mottos. I did it, and it did not take long at all to begin to feel comfortable. And again, it's because Toastmasters, the environment is supportive, it's structured, and you don't feel like a failure there. You, you're always promoting your success, what you're doing well. And it was so helpful that that's why I was able to continue to do it. Let's talk a little bit about some of those support structures. What are some of the supportive things that happen that happened for you when you joined that club? There are many ways that you are supported at Toastmasters. From the minute you walk in the door, the friendly greeting. But when you start to work, go through the system that Toastmasters has. There are manuals that you go through, that you work through, and they're organized in such a way that they are scaffolding. So you learn one skill and you scaffold that and you build on to another skill. So you have a roadmap, which is very important. One of the key things for me is the evaluations. There are, if you give a speech, you get an evaluation right there. And my icebreaker speech is seared into my memory because, as I mentioned before, I was terrified to do it. It took a lot of coaching and prompting for me to get up there and do it, even though I need, knew I needed to do that. When the evaluation came, the evaluator did it in such a way that I felt good. And this is key because if I hadn't gotten a good supportive evaluation, 
I think I would have quit right there. So we have a format for evaluating. It's called the sandwich method. The evaluator got up there and told me first what I did well. Bless his heart, there was not a whole lot (laughs) to, to work with, but he did. He said, you have a great smile up there. I could connect with you immediately. And one of the the big things that you did is you got up there and did it anyway. That is a strength. That is a plus. And then he listed one or two things for me to work on. And then he lifted me up again at the end saying, I'm so looking forward to your next speech and watching you grow. And because I got that wonderful evaluation, it changed the trajectory of my life. I know from personal experience, and I, I imagine you have as well, Outside of Toastmasters, those kinds of evaluations are hard to come by. People generally are pretty negative when they're giving feedback. Yes. All the things you did wrong, especially if it's in a work situation where it might affect your paycheck. So Toastmasters was at once a refuge for you and a way for you to realize, I can do this. Absolutely. As I learned about an effective way to evaluate people, as I had people work with me, I had, I had interns working with me, and I had to give feedback to them. And I was able to do it much the same way, in a good, strong, supportive way, without mitigating the things that needed to be improved and helped with. It allowed me the structure to be a good supervisor. Now, I know in my clubs... We train our members to give good evaluations just like what you described. What did you do well and why? What can you do better and how? Mm-hmm. But we avoid being overly critical, just like we avoid being overly happy and sugary about it. To whitewash it and say, oh, it was wonderful, I can't think of anything you could do better. We train to get in the middle, where there's always something in a speech that can be improved. Even if the speaker has 30 years of experience, there's always something. Absolutely. And that is where you learn to be a better evaluator. You learn what to look for. And there is. There's always a room for improvement. And when I first started giving evaluations, it was amazing because I thought everyone is just so good. And they were. However, I could not come up with things to improve upon. But over the years... I have learned more and more what to look for, which then translates out into, into real life as well. So when you joined, you had a mission. You, had, you knew you were working in a field where you needed to communicate and communicate well. Would you say that you've accomplished that goal after eight years? I think it's a lifelong journey, and that's why Toastmasters is so great. You're always going and learning new things. However, I did gain vital skills in being able to connect with my patients, with their families, to be able to help other medical team members, to be able to communicate to the patients and the families, maybe in a way that was more productive or helpful or supportive than they would have otherwise. By the way, what did your mother think about your progress in Toastmasters? 
Oh, she's very impressed and proud of me, of course, (laughs) as moms are often. Yay, mom. (laughs) Yes, yes. And she helped... She's a high bar, so it's... Um, well, she was an experienced Toastmaster for how long? Did for many years. I'm not exactly sure how long, but... So she knew she could see in you what happened to her so many yes. years before. Yes, yes. And I'm very grateful that she started on that journey because when I needed to make a change, I knew where to go. Where if I hadn't, I would have probably floundered for much longer. If we go back to that first club that you joined, Granada, mm-hmm. how long did it take for you to do your first speech? I would say a little over two months. And you were, of course, not really ready in your own mind. Oh, I'm going to fail. I'm going to look silly. They're going to laugh at me or they're going to think I'm not a good member. Mm-hmm. Did any of those things happen no, they didn't. And it was not a it was not a good speech. I I had trouble even speaking for 3 to 5 minutes about the subject I knew best, myself. Because that's where I that's where I was at at that time. They took me where I was at and they lifted me up. They let me know that I was good enough and that there's room to grow and that they were going to be there to support me and encourage me and to teach me how to get there. Okay, so let's just clarify something. You said they said you were good enough. Is there an audition to be in a club? (laughs) No, that was just something I built up in my own mind. Right. Definitely. No, there's no audition. No. People come in with different skills. Some come in with a lot of speaking experience, and they are just trying to improve. They're trying to hone their skills. Others are coming in, like you, who are shaking in your boots at the thought of giving a speech, much less getting up there and actually doing it. And all of those people can be helped. Well, one of the things I love most about Toastmasters, and part of why I've been in it for so many years, is that the variety of people that come is amazing. There are people, yes, like me, who were shaking in their boots. There are people who are at a certain level, but wanting to just you know, go that, that next step. We have a lot of people who, for whom English is a second language, and they benefit greatly from this. We, I am now a member of Oral Valley Toastmasters, and we boast that we are world famous in Tucson because we have members from five different continents, I believe it is, and it's just such a joy to see everyone at different levels, and it doesn't matter. We're just supporting each other on our own personal journeys and helping each other to grow in whatever way they want to, whatever way they need to, and we're just there for each other. You've been in Toastmasters for eight years, which is a little longer than the average. Why have you stayed? I came there to be able to just speak to people. But along the way, I found not just my voice, but I took on leadership roles, sometimes at my choosing, sometimes at being (laughs) pushed into something that people saw a quality in me that I maybe didn't see in myself. So I took on many leadership roles along the way, 
Started out as the sergeant at arms, which gets the meeting set up. All the way, I've filled every function there is in a club, including president three times now. I'm currently the president of Competitive Edge Toastmasters. And then I moved on and was an area governor back when it was called area governor. Now it's area director. Where if I look back when I, when I first started this Toastmaster journey, there is no way I could see myself in any one of those roles. And now that I look back, I think, how did I get here? I've just moved from one level to the next level to the next level. And it's through support and encouragement and maybe a little pushing when I needed it. And I just don't even recognize the person that I was when I started. The leadership roles that you've described are within the club. What about leadership roles outside in the real world? Definitely. I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I have taken over leadership roles over interns at work, which I would never have felt confident in supervising anyone in the past. I've definitely done that. And I've grown so much through Toastmasters that these days I am about to publish a book to help people who were ready to make change, much like I was back then, to help them make the change that they want, but maybe need a little bit of help to do. So it's some steps, simple steps to help you make the change you want. So you learn some things, and you're in a, you want to pass that on to other people who might also need to learn those, those same things. Absolutely. And the big thing that I've learned over the years is that to get where you want to go, to get to where you, to be the best version of yourself, is you have to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone. And in order to be able to step outside of your comfort zone, you need to find a group, a tribe, some sort of support that helps you to be able to do that. It's so difficult to do that on your own. And why not get more support to do it? Whether it's joining Toastmasters, reading a self-help book, and then implementing what it says. Do something that strengthens you to enable you to step outside of your comfort zone, to be the person that you know you want to be. I always like to think of the comfort zone metaphor as not so much stepping outside, but expanding it. Being yes. able to, because when you say, I want to step out of it, that suggests that you're going to step back. I like that. I like that. But if you expand it, it's now your comfort zone is bigger. You've got a new edge that you need to go push on. But now you're, you're further along than you were. Which is true. That's what happens. It, what seems outside of your comfort zone at one point eventually just becomes the norm. Yeah. yeah. So you've, you've written a book. I have. I have. It's, it will be published shortly. I think it will be out sometime in September. Great. What's it called? It is called, It Is What It Is, Now What? A Guide to Get You from Where You Are to Who You Want to Be. That's great. I, Thank you. So it's coming out soon in September. Mm -hmm. We'll put some information in the show notes for people to reach you. You have a website? 
I do. It is choosecongruency.com. Choosecongruency.com. Go check your dictionary if you're not sure how to spell congruency. There you go. <laughs> we'll, put the, we'll put that in the show notes so that people who want to contact you and get more information, maybe get on the, the list for when your book is published. Or just talk to you about your experience in Toastmasters. Absolutely. I'm happy to talk to anybody who has questions or feels like they're in the same place I was back then to help them make that next step. Even if it's just talking about joining a Toastmasters club, I'm very happy to, to do that. And the, one of the last things I want to say, you mentioned earlier, we talked a lot about you know, stepping into the fear and and personal growth and, and all those things. But we didn't talk very much about that all of this at Toastmasters is fun. It's all fun. It, it sound, I don't want it to sound like it's all this work, but it's fun, too. It is. Most, both of the clubs that I belong to are very fun in different ways. Right. Each club has a different personality. So yeah. if you are listening to this podcast and you've gotten an inspiration from Kathleen to look into it, check them out. Go to toastmasters.org. That's our world headquarters website. And they have a button that says, find a club. You can put in your address or your, your zip code, time of the day, day of the week. Go and just find out. You can sit and watch. If you don't want to say anything, you, nobody will force you to say anything. That's what I did for quite a while. <laughs> but you will see. Every club has a different feel. So check it out. Well, Kathleen, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. I'm glad I made the drive down from Phoenix to come visit you. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking with Kathleen Pickrell about her journey in Toastmasters. We hope that you enjoyed the episode. Thank you, Kathleen. Thank you, Don. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. To volunteer to be featured on the podcast or to suggest future topics, write podcast at aztoastmasters.org. That email again is podcast at aztoastmasters.org. Toastmasters International and all other Toastmasters International trademarks and copyrights are the sole property of Toastmasters International. This podcast is independent of Toastmasters International. It is not endorsed by, sponsored by, affiliated with, or otherwise connected with Toastmasters International other than for the use of the name Toastmasters International.